This is Meredith, the MVH Van Harn, joining you from Insignificant Middle Child Studios in Detroit, Michigan, and this show has everything. You might be bossy, complacent, spoiled, or love being the center of attention. Sure, but have you ever been tempted to blame these traits on your birth order? Well, we're here to talk about it today. The facts, the myths, and whether or not we feel we fit these roles or not. Uh, we've held off on doing this show until we could get everybody involved, so today I'm joined by a full complement of hosts. From Stick Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Ann Lundholm. Hi, Ann. Hi, Meredith. I will always be good to you, even if I am slightly bossy. I appreciate <laughs> that, and I'll just take it and smile. <laughs> Uh, in, in Garden View Studios in Albany, New York, is that where you actually are, Bobby? That is where I actually am, It's yes. actually Bobby Pape. Good evening, everybody. Actually, for real, good evening. I'm so happy we got that right on the first try. Uh, <laughs> in Middle-Aged Mommish Studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary Butler. Hi, Hillary. Hello. I might be middle-aged, but I am <laughs> middle nothing else. <laughs> That's where it ends. Uh, <laughs> We know you're you're not middling of anything. Uh, and of course, last but not least, in No Name Studios in Linwood, Washington, it's the nice lady, Christy Wise. Hello. I currently have a box of cookies holding up my whole setup here. So, <laughs> oh, wow. Girl Scout cookies. Okay, so it is sort of still Girl Scout cookie studios. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I found a what? box and it's not great. <laughs> what flavor? Um, the Adventure Fools. Oh, well, that's fine then. Yeah. I think they're good. That. But this is um, very much like having a yardstick holding up your recordings. I know. So. I was just going to say, like, mine are more delicious than a stick. <laughs> Arguably. <laughs> but if we hear a loud noise, that's my computer falling to its death. <laughs> Under the weight of an indulgent brownie inspired cookie with caramel flavored creme. C-R-E-M-E, yep. and a hint of sea salt. What is because creme? Adventurefuls. It's something where you can't um, claim that there's any dairy actually involved. It's not legally oh, yes, no. cream, so it has yep. to be creme. <laughs> As the person who once received a box of 10 pounds of Five Guys white Oreo creme in the mail, yes. Whatever yes. happened to that? Uh, well, once did you eat it all? <laughs> I don't think I'd live to tell the tale. I ate almost none of it. I it, it was in two pound packs. There were five packs, two pound bags. I used the first one to try to glaze a bunt cake, and it was just painfully too sweet. <laughs> it was, sounds too gloppy for that. Yeah. <laughs> and then up. for a while, I used more of it as freezer packs because ah, it would just freeze. <laughs> and then I finally gave some away to people who were willing to try it. Uh, including, I, I don't know, Bet, if you're listening, I can't remember if I ever gave you a bag of it or not, but if I did, let me know if it was usable as a pastry chef. God. And if not, maybe we can order more from restaurantdepot.com because I think that's where <laughs> it came from. Sorry, I derailed the show. I apologize. No, I asked. I mean, I, I recently got myself a, a container of mega stuffed Oreos. Those are my favorite because the creme is my favorite part. Mm-hmm. I Those just got seduced into buying the, I don't know what they're called, but the 4th of July special, which the has firecracker the, ones. The, yes, the oh. popping candy in the creme. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. Is that the, is that the hook good. and loop technology of Oreo flavors? Not Pop Rocks, but the popping, popping candy. candy. Of... I don't know. I enjoyed it, though. <laughs> I bet. Yes. 
Um, all right. Well, today on the show, we, of course, have some small talk. We're going to open up the mailbag and discuss the pop culture stuff that you're looking forward to this summer. Medium talk is birth order madness. We, of course, have some Tishi recommends for you. And as always, we'll let you know how you can get involved with the show. But first up is small talk. And that is Hillary. Can you tell us why it's notable that a family is living in your house? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So um, we have... We lost a resident of our house and we gained multiple other residents. So um, Bridget, my darling daughter, is away at sleepaway camp for um, until next Saturday. Oh, no. I I miss her. I do kind of. I do kind of miss her, but like it's a lot easier. You say that every time one of your kids is gone. I know. Like I miss him, but but it's okay. It's weird how you're measuring her room to see if you can turn it into a workout studio. I mean, honestly, it it is the perfect size for it. I really, it's it's like just just big enough. But um, so yeah, I dropped her off last weekend. We had a great adventure up to North Texas where it was strangely warmer than it is. It was like 107 degrees. It's psychotically hot right now, um, even for here, but. She's having a great time. I've seen some pictures. And it seems like she is, you know, she's very shy and demure. Just mm. kidding. She's like <laughs> living her best life. Well, so um, in the interim, though, we gained one resident, my parents' dog, Lola. Um, my my mom, like, had a little procedure. She's fine. But I was like, I will take off Lola off your hands uh, for a little bit just, like, to make it easier. So... Lola is a sweet golden retriever. She's like, uh, we love her. What's hilarious though, is she is obsessed with Dave. Like, uh, like she stalks him. She walks anywhere he goes. <laughs> she just follows him around. And I'm like, it's kind of great. Cause I can, I mean, she's not mean to me, but like I can cuddle with her. Or I can like, rub, you know, pet her and take her for a quick walk or whatever. But really all she's doing is seeking Dave. Like, he, we she came into the bed to like go to bed and he w- he had to leave and go do work or something and he was he left and she just stared at the door for I was like Lola come Aww. here and she just stared at the door until he came back in I'm like I don't know why she's obs- I mean he's a sweet man and he's very gentle with her but he is um she is obsessed with them they pick their so that, their favorites for sure yes yes and he's definitely more of the walker of the two of us like he's the one that takes her on walks so I'm sure I don't for whatever reason she has found her person um so that's great the that's a good resident. The bad resident is so, okay. So I work generally in the office most days. So I'm, I'm not here during the day. Dave works from home and he was like, I haven't told you this because sometimes I keep things from you because I know that they're going to stress you out. And I'm like, okay. And he was like, I have heard these noises throughout the day. Like they're written. Dave, God love him, has terrible hearing. So, like, for him to hear stuff throughout the day, he's like, I could hear it. And we have a pest, you know, we have, like, ABC pest come every, I don't know, two months or something to come kind of check the attic, make sure all, like, there's no... Because we did have, like, I think we got a rat in to one of, like, the eaves or something. So they sealed it all up. This was a long time ago. I feel like you have to have pest control in Texas. Like, when I oh, first yeah. moved in, there were just a billion bugs in my house. Yes. And I was like, well, I can't deal with this. So. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have them, like, basically on, you know, retainer. 
And he was like, I just keep hearing stuff. I keep hearing like scratching. I hear things running around. And I was like, it's fine. You know, whatever. There's probably just squirrels on the roof. It's not a big but deal. But you never heard it when you were there? I never, I never really Weird. heard it. And then the other day, I, a couple Fridays ago, I was like, and Dave was gone. Nobody was in the house. And I was downstairs and I was like, oh my God, I hear something. It sounds like there's somebody walking around upstairs. Like it sounds like I can hear like weighted kind of thud it's not like heavy but it just it I could hear it so he had the guys come out and they were like we can't find anything it's fine and and Dave was like I was kind of a dick to him like I was like no you have to come and bring your like most senior person because I know that there's something here I know that you need an old exterminator and a young exterminator (laughs) yes so we got in not crazy (laughs) no I'm not I promise I'm not crazy and it got I don't I wasn't here for it but the guy some like you know 20 year vet um came and looked and yes there is uh, a raccoon and baby <gasps> that were in our no. Yeah. No. Um, no 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 did you get them out did you kill it okay no 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 because i was like i kind of don't want to ask but like how are, what's gonna happen and he was like well okay so what happens is they put they sprayed this okay i did not know this but apparently Male raccoons are dangerous to baby raccoons. I don't know why. I don't. I don't Domestic understand. Violence is a vicious cycle. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. So well, because spray- raccoons are dangerous to everything. They're disgusting. Yes. So they spray like male scent or something down there. No. So it makes the mom like go and get the babies out, um, and then they come and seal the hole. I guess. So Smart. we're in the mid process of it like they so dave said last night he heard them like scurrying about he said he heard like like i know and i and he he was like i think it was the mom like getting the babies out and so they're supposed to come tomorrow to seal up the hole because there is like (laughs) it's not like a giant (laughs) hole but there is like a way that they burrowed into the side of the house anyway it's kind of amazing like what small amount of space they can get into I know, I know. Ugh. I mean, part of me is sort of like intrigued by it because at what well, first Dave was like, they're gonna have to like break into the chimney and like you know excavate oh, it, but I think they're able to get it out. And so, what's really dumb and whatever Dave was like, they wouldn't have come out that way. But I was sort of like proud of myself because when Bridget was a baby, she wasn't like a baby that got into shit that much. Like she wasn't a kid that was gonna put something in the socket that was just like not her thing she was not that interested in that the only thing she was interested in was our fireplace and she kept trying to like get into it and you know, like it was sort of annoying to like <laughs> pull her out like come stop like she'd pick up like the charcoal things I'm like get out of there and I thought about putting like a gate around it but that seemed like she could just knock it over so a girlfriend of mine was like actually you know what's a really good idea is get plexiglass cut and just like and we don't use our fireplace. So, like, I mean, I guess we could, but we don't really. I mean, why would you? Yeah, it's Texas. Um, and so she, like, I Velcroed it, basically, to the um, fireplace. So we've had this, like, plastic cover <laughs> over our fireplace. And I was like, well, I'm proud because then the raccoons can't get out that way. Dave <laughs> was like, they wouldn't have done that anyway. But I was like, whatever, <laughs> let me live in my tribe. Hey, you came up with this good idea. Is he a raccoon? Does he actually know? Yeah, Did, do you know? Father? I mean, He's the father. <laughs> it was his pee. <laughs> yeah, I want to know how do you feel now about having male raccoon musk yeah. deep in the timbers of your building? <laughs> I mean, I guess if it protects me from having like baby raccoons 
scurry about. It's okay, Ugh. but it's funny. Uh, I didn't ever think of them as being like terrible pests. Are they really I, so awful? I mean, they murder cats. Oh, they are really? awful. They well, cats. Dave thought that he they got into the trash, but the thing is, he was like, they're really. I, I think he's gone on like late night Reddit like journeys on I don't know like oh, that's some, a mistake. I know, <laughs> and he's like, they can open up barrels and then close mm-hmm. them. Yeah, and so, they can. And they, you don't they have those notice. creepy little hands. <laughs> They're very so, uh, aggressive too. Yeah, uh, you don't want to mess with a mm-mm. cornered raccoon. That's so, funny. I've never had any sort of interaction with a raccoon at all. But like, there recently, I last year I noticed there was a groundhog who lives in the very back of my backyard, and I took a picture of it and I sent it to my mom, and I was like, "Look, a groundhog!" And she was like, "Kill it immediately." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, what? Why? She's, well, she's been waging war against groundhogs in her yard because they are like d- destroying her foundation. So mm. she has she's like. Bill done Murray. everything in her power to kill them and get rid of them and fight with them and so she was just horrified that I was like ah oh, cute <laughs> um, I, one time at my parents old house like when I was a kid I came home and I opened the back door came in and a squirrel like just scurried in and like squirrels outside are fine enough but inside a house it was fucking frightening i was like i guess ah! i'd be worried about like rabies for something like yeah that. Yep. yeah i was just house. gonna say i'm on uh rottler pest solutions and they say raccoons are considered to be a dangerous pest because they can introduce dangerous diseases including rabies to you your pets Ooh. and your family yeah no no okay. i mean i'm not going to invite them in if i see them but i i didn't know that they were so <laughs> insidious I have the things that we get more that I see more like in my backyard scurrying about are possums. Like I've seen yeah, them we do too. if I look out. Ooh. Well, Those they're supposed gross. to be like beneficial more than. Yeah. yeah. They eat bugs and spiders. Yeah. and They, they just, just look, look so weird. Yeah. They just look weird. But and they're, they're beady they eyes. Right. They won't wreck your house. We have a mama who who lives around here, and um, so we have cameras in the backyard that are that have night vision, and so we can see all the 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 animals that are running around back there. And she has babies every spring, and it's so cute to see them. Like I I think they're cute. Um, and they you know they hang on to her, and mm-hmm. she waddles around with all these like ten babies hanging off of her back. Poor thing. <laughs> Welfare mom. Yep. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> she eats the cat food that I put out for the, for the feral cats. <laughs> it's fine. Um, well, Meredith, speaking of animals, can you give us a little man update? I can. I don't remember the last time I talked about him, but little man obviously was this little tiny guy who showed up in my backyard limping in like April and kind of ruined my life temporarily because I was like, I have to trap him. I have to trap him. I have to get his arm fixed or he's going to die, you know, like he can't live outside. So I got him trapped. I took him to the trap neuter release vet who fixed him for like $30. Um, And they cut the tip of his ear off, which is what they do with ferals to let everybody know that they're fixed. And then I discovered that he's extremely tame. Um, So that's the Cliff Notes version of that. He's very friendly and I fell in love with him almost immediately. And now he lives in our house. So I have four cats now. (laughs) <laughs> we how all long, saw that coming how, how long did you protest that you would not have four cats i jokingly protested for like five minutes four cats? while knowing i was lying <laughs> yeah <laughs> um 
he is so adorable and he fits in so well. I was worried that Bear was going to be the problem because Bear has been a problem. Like he was spraying the windows when he saw cats outside. So I was like, there's no way that he would live with another Mm -hmm. cat. Like there's no way. But they're best friends. Like they play, they chase each other. And it's so funny because Bear is humongous now. Yep. (laughs) And little man is full grown. He's an adult. He's like a year old, but he is tiny. He's like a third of the size. And so it's very funny to see them playing together um, and Bear getting like rolled by this little tiny guy, little tiny cat. <laughs> um, and he's all black and he, but he has, so he, he obviously is distinguishable because he's very small, but he has a tiny little patch of white on his chest. Um, but Aww. he's super cute. He's very sweet. Um, he's kind of set in his ways already. He was in my office recovering <laughs> um, in a, a big dog crate for a couple of weeks until I was he had a fever. He was like in pretty rough shape, um, but we got him all fixed up. And once I was sure that he didn't have any terrible diseases and he had all his vaccines, I started to integrate him and he wanted to, he still wants to eat in my office and he definitely still wanted a litter box in my office. So unfortunately I have one now <laughs> behind my desk, <laughs> which sucks, but it's better than him peeing on the couch, which is how he showed his displeasure the first time when I Ooh. moved his box downstairs to the basement with the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah, so that was one time where I was like, I wonder if he's trying to tell us he wants to live outside again, maybe. (laughs) But I decided I couldn't live with myself if I put him back out. (laughs) And he's a real sweetheart, and he loves to cuddle with us. He doesn't love being picked up, but he's getting used to it, and he he uh, he's just a real little sweetie guy. So I have another. I mean, this is should have been critter corner, not small talk. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's what it turned into. Well, congratulations to the new mom. Uh, yeah, thanks. He's real cute. Um, I haven't posted <laughs> enough pictures of him, but I will. I'll put some more up on Facebook. Um, okay, I think we should move on to the mailbag. We didn't have any throw your phones this week, um, but we did get some question of the week responses, and the question was, what piece of pop culture are you looking forward to this summer? And Fred says, the series finale of Better Call Saul. Oh, thank you for putting that on my radar. I forgot about that show. It's so good. I don't know why I, f- I don't feel motivated to watch that show, but whenever I do, I really enjoy it. You end up enjoying it. I'm yeah. the same. Yeah. It's been on for a long time now, hasn't it? I think that the, I always forget about it because there are so, so much time between each season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, it filled the gap because I was really sad when Breaking Bad was over. So it kind of scratches that itch. Um, okay. Someday I'm going to try again with Breaking Bad. I really I like liked it, but I can three see or four episodes in, and then just kind of stopped. The fir- the first yeah. few, I mean, I feel like the first half of the first season was pretty rough. Um, well, and it's also one of the shows. I think we were talking about this maybe in the chat, but it was affected by the writers' strike, so um, it kind of like abruptly ends, and it's pretty short, and yes. then it definitely gets better. I mean, but the fourth season is fantastic and the end it's, is phenomenal yeah yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's really good and i i soldiered through the first three seasons and every time i watched it i enjoyed it but as i've said before here i am not a huge fan of an anti-hero because yeah, yeah. i'm just i don't know enough of a romantic that i want the good guys to win <laughs> and i i don't want to root for bad guys to be successful like the real world is shitty enough i don't need yeah. to see it reflected 
in my escapism. So I so just no quit. Mad Men for you either. No, I watched the first mm-hmm. season of Mad Men, and I, you know, I enjoyed every episode I watched, and did not feel motivated to watch anymore. Yeah, like I can yeah. recognize good in that show. <laughs> I yeah, I recognize quality TV and good acting and all that stuff, but it's just like I didn't want to watch any more of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Carolyn says the new Brad Pitt movie Bullet Train. Ooh. Haven't heard of it. I haven't either. Nope. I've heard the name, but I've heard nothing else about it. I assume it involves a bullet train of some sort. <laughs> some kind of transportation. Yeah. It's about light rail. Um, Jonathan says the new Metric album and Interpol album. Sorry, I chose two. You're no boo. Jonathan. <laughs> Fired. <laughs> Although um, I reread I knew the question, he'd disappoint me eventually. We didn't limit it to one. No, no, we didn't. We did not. So no yeah. need to apologize. Actually, yes, I'm still disappointed. <laughs> you know what you did. Yeah. Um, Tier says nope, and what we do in the shadows. Um, I don't know what nope is, but what we do in the shadows, I got really, really hooked on. Gregory insisted that I watch it, and I love it so now, good. and I'm so excited for the next season. There's two more coming at least. Um, uh, nope is the um, what's his name? Um, um, yep, the Get Out director, um, Jordan. Jordan oh, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan mm-hmm. Peele's new his movie. next scary movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, which I will have to do. I will probably watch it, but I'll have to like. Like I did with Get Out, because I wanted to see it. I had to pre-read when the jump scares were. I was like, just, I need mm-hmm. to be prepared. No, it's going to be a big old nope for Anne. <laughs> a nope? I'll have a to nope. hear how it is first. <laughs> uh, Linda says, Black Adam, because I love The Rock. <laughs> well, who doesn't? Okay. Yeah, I know. He's very lovable. You're Welcome is a great song. I stand by that. Yep. Um, and Laura says, for Doctor Strange to be on Disney+. Plus." Hmm. Um, well, Dave liked Doctor Strange. I that was one of those movies where I'm like, you can go, just go see that by yourself. <laughs> and he's totally fine going to a movie by himself. He's like, yeah, fine. And he's like, yeah, I liked it. I mean, it's Sam Raimi, and he likes the Spider Man, the first three. So you know, I just find Benny C's American accent to be so perplexing every time I see <laughs> a trailer for it. I'm like. It's not right, but I can't yes. put my finger on <laughs> how. It's like, um, what do they call um, where it's like almost, uh, it's like uncanny valley of an yep. accent mm-hmm. where you're like, mm-hmm. it's almost there, but like there's it's like It's it, like the vowels are too rounded and yes. it's too um, deliberate. American uh, accents have a casualness mm-hmm. to them that Brits just have a hard time with. I, I feel like in Stranger Things, like Eleven does a pretty darn good job. I always forget that she's British. She is. Mm-hmm. The other um, Benedict Cumberbatch was the voice of the Grinch and like the new cartoon Grinch, Ugh. and he did. Which of course I saw because just what's the, kids what's the point? Saw, what's what, it was a total what's why? The point? But also why? he did he did an American accent in it, and I was like, why? <laughs> like it's it's the Grinch. Like who? It's a mythical creature because you know american american audiences won't be able to relate to a british accent (laughs) maybe he didn't maybe he didn't want to slander the brits by associating the british accent with the grinch yeah probably yeah probably all those villains with british accents (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
That's All right, should we uh, move on to medium talk? I want it noted yes. that I tried to come up with an answer for this question of the week because I wasn't on the show, and I don't have one. I well, don't know what I'm looking forward to pop culture-wise this summer. Yeah. Frankly, okay. now that Phil's out, that was it for yeah. me. Right? I, yeah. about I crushed else? those. Done. <laughs> yeah, I know. Go back and crushed them and snorted them. <laughs> you can rewatch them. Although the show title might be Somebody Snort Phil. (laughs) I mean, honestly, it it is a a kind of, I mean, I, sometimes on shows like that, I don't like to rewatch, even though I'm like queen of rewatching shit. But, um, I, on reality shows, sometimes I just can't, but on that, I think I actually could. And I rewatched the Madrid one when we went to go see him and I was like, just as enjoyable as it was before. It's good. Just good yep. stuff. Yep. I think I'm slowly becoming um, unplugged to pop culture in a way that I never have been before. So we'll see. See, sometimes things pop up. You just never know. Um, all right. Let's move on to medium talk. Um, we have been chatting about this, I think, for a little bit. Um, you know, we did the personality test, um, which was silly, but I don't know, somewhat illuminating, I guess. But uh, we've talked a little bit about um, you know, birth order and how it's affected us in our lives and in our families and going forward. And I, I think we just all thought it was an interesting topic. And the best part about it, we're like the Spice Girls. You get <laughs> just mm-hmm. <laughs> you can pick one and be one of us. It's great. Oh, who's like, baby Spice? <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wondered though. Scary was my favorite, but that's okay. Baby's good too. Anyway, so. This week, we're talking, uh, I I think, Anne, did you title it Sibling Rivalry? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Let's get into it. All right. Let's, we have a few questions as we usually do. Um, First one being, what's your birth order? Anne. Well, I get a kick out of this one because I say, depending how you look at it, I am either middle of five, oldest of three, or an only child. Right. Coming out of the gate, confused. (laughs) (laughs) Because I am from a blended family, I am from my mom's first marriage, and I have no full-blooded siblings from that. She found out she was pregnant and said, "Mm, I don't think I want to raise a child with this man, and divorced him basically by the time I was born. So I, in in that sense, I'm an only child. In her second uh, marriage, my stepdad had two daughters from his previous marriage who are both older than me. And then they had, my parents had two boys who are both younger than me. So I could be middle of five, but then my stepsister didn't grow up with us because their mom had custody. So that would make me oldest of three. So I guess I can pick whatever I want depending (laughs) on the situation. (laughs) But traditionally I would say that I am the oldest of three because I did grow up with my brothers. Yeah. I think that's the important Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That was the one that I think probably affected you. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, Bobby. Well. Tell us about your siblings, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it I'm complicated? so lonely. <laughs> it's not as complicated as, as Anne. Um, no, I, I think uh, I'm very clearly an only child. Um. Whether or not I was much younger than the people around me who raised me, that's a different story. (laughs) 
but uh, no, just me, just one and only. They broke the mold <laughs> when sure I was did. born, <laughs> most definitely. Uh, there was there was no improving on this. You can't see it, but I'm I'm holding my hands up and pointing the thumbs at myself right now. <laughs> so just me. There you go. Just this guy. That's right. <laughs> oh, Meredith. Well, of course, similarly to Anne, because I can't do anything differently than Anne does. I well, so I am the middle of my biological siblings, but I also have two older stepbrothers and an older stepsister. Um, how so? What would that make me? Still the middle, I guess. Yeah, but I'm yeah. also I've never lived with all of them at the like they're they're like at least five years older than me, and we've never all lived in mm. the same house at the same time. So I I feel like that doesn't really count. Yeah. No, I think, yeah. Middle. You're middle. Yeah. Um, Christy? I am oldest. (laughs) I am oldest. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing complicated. (laughs) Um, Okay, and finally with me, obviously, I'm the baby of the family. Though, I will say, my closest brother is five years older than I am. So... While I am the baby for sure, and especially when we all get together, I am the baby. In a lot of ways, I was a little bit like an only child because from seventh grade on, it was just mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and oh. my parents hanging out. So I have a little bit of, of only in my blood. Yeah, but God. I think there's still a difference there because they had gone through the ringer so much by the totally. time you reached mm-hmm. that point. Right. Yes. I think there's a difference between being the youngest of two and the youngest of five. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there is because it kind of like restart. There's different um, arrangements all over the place. Like you know, there's just too many different pieces that go together. With fucking five kids, why did y'all have five kids? Oh my god, so many. So many. I, I mean, they're not so even Catholic. I, no, they're not. <laughs> no, my mom. My, I would they say liked my having are, sex. <laughs> <gasps> Christy, oh, dear, scandalous. I mean, edit it out. I mean, they're gonna listen. No, There's the lie, right? <laughs> My dad would probably be like fist pumping. All right, folks, yes, and that yes. was everything. <laughs> no, we are not much. here to talk about our parents having sex. <laughs> no, they I mean, had sex but five kind times. Of, that's that's what it. This is about. You're gonna have to go to the Patreon for that. <laughs> Um, all right, so now that we have it all established where we fit somewhere in the spectrum, how did do you think your birth order affected your childhood? Um, Anne, let's go. Well, I was thinking about this a lot, and I fail to understand how much of it is due to birth order and how much of it is due to my natural personality. Because it has to be a mix of both, right? For sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, I suppose that before I start talking about any of this, I want to say, Mommy, I love you. I hold <laughs> no grudges against you. I think yeah. that you were a very good mother to me. <laughs> and that any mistakes you made were entirely reasonable. Just did I yes. cover my bases? <laughs> <laughs> Do we all need to sign something that looks like that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but who else's mother actively listens to this podcast? I don't think my mom knows how to listen to a blog. Hillary's. So. Mine. Yeah. Yeah, but she thinks you're perfect. <laughs> She's always <laughs> posting those Facebook photos like, my little angel. <laughs> well, yeah. 
your your mom doesn't care. She said so many kids. She like <laughs> she's like whatever. I did what I did. But I <laughs> I think there's a lot of it that is legitimate oldest child stuff that's your parents figuring out how to raise children because the oldest is always the practice kid like like we're the beta Mm -hmm. uh and who are you calling a beta (laughs) (laughs) sorry that's a different sorry i thought it was joe rogan for a second different different podcast bobby you are an alpha in my eyes always um but but you know you make mistakes i assume that there are no perfect parents especially the first time you're faced with it they're just doing the best they can and they make a lot of choices we won't say mistakes we'll say choices that perhaps when it comes to subsequent children they do differently but i also do think my own like naturally uptight perfectionistic, responsible personality is at play there. So if I had been born a middle or the youngest, would I be significantly different? In some ways, maybe. But so anyway, with, with all those caveats out of the way, I think that being born oldest has a lot to do with the levels of responsibility and expectation placed yes upon you because you are required to be I don't know older sooner yep and take more responsibility and more work and perhaps give a little bit of child care to your younger siblings <laughs> um yeah so there hasn't been any um realistic setting of expectations when you come along as a firstborn. So a lot more is expected of you. And that's really what I feel. Yeah. But I'm going to need Christy to agree or disagree (laughs) with me on that. (laughs) Well, should we go with Christy as the next, as Mm, the oldest? Yeah. Okay. I do agree. Um, I, but I don't know, like, is it a nurture versus nature thing? Like, was I born? Exactly. being responsible and with time and like anal about some things. I don't know. Um, well, I think with our sample size of two, both being <laughs> the same way and both being the oldest, we can confidently say it's birth order. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, I, so I saw something, I saw a tweet. Hillary may have even showed it to me that it was like, um, kids are wild you have or parenting is wild you have one kid that can be left alone you expect that they will cook for themselves they'll do the dishes they will um, brush their teeth and the other one can't be trusted to have an umbrella and they are both almost the same age (laughs) (laughs) like that's so true I feel like there was expectations on me and my and my sister and I are only three and a half years um difference um and like I, I knew I was expected like I had to get good grades I don't even know if they even I think my dad just was like, I'm disappointed. Like that kind of thing. I had to go to college. My sister had none of that. Like she did the bare minimum so that she could graduate, so that she didn't have to go to school for the full senior year. Like she she did a bunch of like shenanigans with credit so that she could just be done. And then went to college a couple times whenever my parents would say, okay, get a job or go to college. And she failed out every (laughs) single time. <laughs> and I'm like, how does how do I get that situation? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to. <laughs> I, know, but... I 
I remember being in my mid-20s. So I'm 10 years older than Matt. So he would have been in his mid-teens at that time. And finding out that my mom had let him stay home from school for essentially a mental health day. What and I was fuck? like, wait, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Hey, what now? And part of it was that I am a good little soldier, and it would never occur to me that I would be allowed. Yeah, would you have even asked? School? And if you did ask, would she say no. no? Like that's the thing. Never. And and I think you know you parent each child mm. differently. I say confidently as a non-parent, but I know you do. And and Matt's always been more intense and gets kind of wound up more than I do. So it makes more sense to have this sorts of options for him. But it's just something that I know would never have been a possibility for me. And I'm like, wait, yep. I would have liked to not go to school ever. Right? What are all these perfect attendance awards getting? <laughs> yeah, but then what you miss, you miss stuff at school and then you suffer later. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think you, I don't know if you I know. made that choice. I, oh, I was terrified yeah. that I would be absent I and miss the one that. thing that would prevent me from right. graduating. And your whole life would be over. Exactly. And yep. so, like... Like, if I don't know that one thing, I can't ever know anything that comes after that, because right. I will have missed the foundation. And honestly, you probably needed a mental, mental health day more than he did because of your, like, the anxiety <laughs> that you were having. Um, I found out just on my sister's road trip that my mom would often let her stay home for period cramps. I'm like, what the what? hell? Are you <laughs> joking? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I also like babysat her at age nine. Like we came home <laughs> from school from like 2.30 to 6 o'clock at night. And I watched her at age nine. Yep. She never would have been able to do that. At that age, like, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's see. Like, uh, Bobby, what, how did this affect your childhood? I think I can guess. I, I once again got distracted for a moment because when you mentioned those perfect attendance awards, I thought to myself, I wonder where the girl who always got perfect attendance when I was in school is now. <laughs> <laughs> She died of oh, COVID. a little light yeah. stalking. So I just went and looked her up. Nope, nope. She uh, competed in the, um, like, um, she was a gymnast turned attorney turned CrossFit hmm. um, uh, competitor. Oh. And oh. so the answer is that she could beat the living shit out of us. <laughs> and and is smarter than all of us. So sure. it actually sir. worked for her, I guess. But anyway, only child. Um you know, it, it is always tough to gauge because I think I think there are two distinct tracks for only childdom. I think there is the helicopter parent, the the hope of the future is on you. Yeah. You are you are gonna be smothered in love and discipline because you're Wait, you're it. The first Episcopal priest president? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. High expectations. Of course that was my grandmother, so that's right. Uh, and then there is the um, sort of uh, sidekick slash, what what are you doing here? <laughs> You're just going to be a part of the gang. Go, go be feral. Yeah. And I was very much the latter. So um, I, I was um, what, what I would now call fiercely independent uh, <laughs> from a very young age. Because I was, I didn't, I mean, I had, fr- I had, you know, neighborhood kids 
sort of friends, except I was weird and nerdier than them. And so I had computers and I had trying to light things on fire in the garage. And I <laughs> oh my had, God, that's every like, little boy ever goes right, through yes. that stage. Yeah. But I, but I did it up, but that phase actually went from age four to age 1236 and counting. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I entertained myself for so long yeah. growing up that I just sort of learned how to do things by myself. I learned how to enjoy being alone. And so like, I'm not phased by spending some time alone most of the time. That's why I wrote um, Thoreau-esque. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm cool with having my own little space for a while. As long as your um, mom brings you peanut butter mm-hmm. and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> oh, God, never. No, I wouldn't make my own peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. From his long- mom brought him food, so... From, oh, that's true. Whatever. No, I have to get my own. But from as early as I can remember, I foraged the kitchen for whatever I could eat. Uh, yeah, so just that, you know, again, the, the first job at age eight story, which we've told here before. And before that, me cutting coupons and going around the neighborhood selling them. So, like, mm-hmm. just <laughs> always if hustling. you want something, always I had to go hustling. figure out how to do it. Yeah, That seems a little so. bit more related to, like, your family financial situation necessarily well part, part of it was financial and part of it was just general neglect hi mom <laughs> sorry <laughs> nah she doesn't know how to listen to this um my aunt occasionally catches an episode and and peg you know what i'm talking about so it's fine uh, um, your, your mom was still raising herself, herself. self yeah. yeah at that yep. point she was yeah young there was and... there was some serious arrested development there and, yeah she's and not, figuring like, things out not the fun kind <laughs> yeah <Nope>. so uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I mean, even even the money aside, like I think it was just a matter of um, I very much had far too much time to think about my own self and entertain myself, and that was the result. Yep. Uh, Meredith, middle Meredith. Well, it's complicated because I was so my brother is five years older than me, and he was a really difficult child from the get go. Um, so he does not really fit the oldest child stereotypes. He was not a parent. He was not responsible. He was just, he did his own thing and didn't care what anybody else thought. Um, and then when I came along, I was different from day one. Um, you know, my mom was used to dealing with a fussy baby and then a annoying toddler. And I was, you know, if, if I was crying, her favorite story about me, which I think I've told is that I'm crying and crying, crying. And she's pacing around. She's rocking me. They take me for a drive in the car. Nothing is working. She finally gives up and sets me down in my crib. And I go, <sighs> and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> like, leave me alone at three days old. Like, I don't need you to do this. Just please let me be. I'll figure it out. Um, so I've always kind of been like that. Um But also I have a sister who's two years younger than me and she fits the youngest stereotype to a T. She's very spoiled. She was super duper entitled. Um, She was demanding and I felt the need to buffer um, her to everybody else. So like, especially authority figures. So like my mom, our babysitter. So she, you know, the babysitter would be like, here, we're having this cereal. And she would be whining about it. And I'd be like, shut up and just eat the, fucking you know, just like, <laughs> shut up. It's not worth fighting about. Why are you causing a problem? You know? So yeah. I was always trying to like shield her from, uh, causing trouble, which would make me anxious. I think it was self-preservation because I did not like conflict. Still yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah. So in that way, I was a mediator, but like, 
I also was thinking about this a lot and I was like, you know, I don't know if a lot of these traits appeared naturally because of my birth order or because I remember very clearly the first time I was told what middle children were supposed to be. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, so is it chicken and, you know, it's a chicken and egg kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, I don't know if I fit those because that's what middle children are supposed to be or if that's just part of my natural personality or that's like the dynamic with my sister and I, but I certainly was never parented by my older brother. That's kind of a joke (laughs) to me. Like that's hilarious to think that he would, which is funny because now he has two kids. (laughs) Well, it's also interesting because there are uh, gender expectations Mm -hmm. that play into the middle, right? Yes. Very much So so. Me and Christy being the oldest and being girls is quite well, different also from being the oldest and being, being a boy. Being older with having a girl as a sibling versus boys. Because mm-hmm. I think boys get just automatically get more privileges and rights. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, he was pretty I'm wild. Nodding. You know, he was allowed to kind of run wild. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't, the thing is, though, I didn't want to run wild when I was younger. Um, and then when I became like, I don't know, 14 or 15, I was like, I've had enough. A juggalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it was like <laughs> instant rebellion. Like, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to take after my brother. But he had already moved out of the house because he was crazy and he wanted to live like, I don't know, in a cave or something and, <laughs> and play street hockey all day. I don't know what he was doing. Who um, wouldn't? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he, he's had a wild life. He didn't settle down until he was like 35. Um, so I got out of my rebellious stage pretty quickly because I was like, ooh, this is unpleasant in a lot of ways. <laughs> this is scary. Yeah. So I do kind of fit stereotypical middle child, but I don't know why exactly. Um, well, I think that's like with all of us. We're like, is this because of where I'm born? You know, I what know. Yeah, this is a, a common thread mm-hmm. emerging very quickly on this. I'll have more to say well, about this later in the science corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, I, um, obviously I'm the baby and I said, how did this affect my childhood? I'm the baby. But (laughs) I would say when I, when, when my brothers and sisters were around when I was younger, I was very much the baby. Like I, you know, I, I remember my brother, like, I don't like we would like fight about something and then he would always get blamed for it. And I'm just like snickering in the corner. Like I know I was kind of a piece of shit, but he's getting the blame. But as I grew a little bit older and they were out of the house, but we would get together, I was more of, um, and now to this day, I would say I'm like a little bit more of like, I don't, I like Meredith, like you were saying, I hate conflict and I'm always like, I feel like I, and my brothers and sisters can say agree with this or not, but I feel like I'm the one that they come to for advice on things. So I'm sort of not like the older, but I'm the kind of calmer one. And I just like want everybody to be calm in the situation. Like there's no need to get riled up about this. Like they like the arguments that happen. It just is like, let's have a good time and let's all just enjoy each other. Um, so I'm a little bit more, I'm not middle. I'm just sort of this other thing. And to be fair, you know, my parents had, like I said, I'm the youngest of five, but my mom had my brother, my oldest brother in 1967. Carter was born in 67. Sorry, guys, I'm outing your ages. Carter was born in 67, December of 67. Jennifer was born in February of 69. So that's like, what, 
14 months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, I mean, Kristen was born in February of 71, and Matthew was born in June of 73. So, like, they are bang, bang, boom, bang. Boom, bang. Boom, yeah, boom. like, so the four of them were all just packed in together. So their lives were just wholly different than mine. Like, just totally different. My mom was 20 when she had Carter. So she, by the time she was 26, she had four kids. And then by the Jesus time... Jesus, God. I know. And, like, uh, you know, they... By the time they got to me, they were older and probably calmer. They had more money. And it was just our, it was different. So I was the baby and I probably was spoiled, but I just had a totally different life than they did. Just a totally different mm-hmm. life. So how I reacted to that was, I don't know, sometimes when they'll, they'll, they'll talk about stuff, like they lived in Austin for years and years and years. I never lived in Austin. I was, I mean, obviously I do now, but I was born in Dallas and grew up in Dallas. So they had this whole other life that I had no experience with. Um, so it just sort of is hard. So like, it's like we had two different families that we came from. Um, but I mean, in general, yes, I'm the baby. My mom got me a charm, like a, like a Tiffany's charm bracelet that says sweet baby. Oh <laughs> when, wait, when did she get that recently? Last I year? Mean, no, but I was like 22. <laughs> like it wasn't like, You're I was like, baby. and I remember she told me, she said like, can I always call you the baby? because you're always my baby and I was like yes of course you can always call me the baby (laughs) um but I what I think I was that was different than like the spoiled and again siblings you can you can say if it's different but what I was I was a really easygoing kid like I was while I was the baby and got more stuff I was like I was similar I could always be alone that was not I actually loved being alone because I was never alone so it was like I kind of craved alone time and they didn't really need to entertain me because I just was around. Like I was just like the kid that was around, but it wasn't like, you know, they, they had to play to me. I was the one that was watching fast times at Richmond high or listening to Madonna because that's what they were doing. Like I just kind of did whatever they were doing and I had to like shut up or deal with it <laughs> pretty much. So you said that, you know, now your role a little bit as a peacemaker when they're having interpersonal conflicts, but setting that aside, do you ever feel now that they still like treat you like the baby or don't take your opinions seriously or have you all passed any of that? I think we are past that for the most part. Honestly, what's nice is that my sister's, for the most part can give me advice on because their kids are a little bit older or obviously older than my kids. So they can give me advice on things and like packing for camp. My sister, I was like very overwhelmed with helping Bridget pack for camp because they have to bring so much shit. And she like gave me ideas like this is what worked for us. And you know, so I would say now it's a little bit less condescending. It, I don't know, you know, we're all in our 40s and 50s at this point. Like, it's the same. You know, we're all the same. But yes, they have more life experience in some ways. But they don't really... We all... Well, you're all grown-ass adults. Yeah, we're all grown-ass adults. And now it's like, you know, dealing with traveling or seeing parents or getting together for holidays. I mean, we all live so far apart from each other that it's more just like logistical stuff at this point. So... Yeah, I think I think I'm I think I'm a full blown adult in their eyes, unfortunately. I still struggle with that a little bit, I have to say, from being the old one, oldest one and feeling like I'm supposed to be the oldest and wisest and yeah. know what to do and what to say and I 
had a hard time sometimes being vulnerable with yeah. my brothers, especially with Matt, since there is such a big age difference because I want to be his comforter and, you know, champion and protector or whatever. And that makes it really hard for me to, you know, allow myself to be at that vulnerable level with him where I say, I don't know what the fuck (laughs) I'm doing or I'm really sad and upset. Just like, I feel like I have to be the strong person you're like, you're like the parent, kind of. You have to be mm-hmm. the parent in the situation. Though I will say, Anne, yeah, I loved spending time with you and Matt because I got to see a different side of mm-hmm. you with him. And it was very, y'all have a very sweet relationship. Like, and, yeah, and I don't close. mean that in a condescending, like, it's so sweet. But it was, it was a nice, I don't know, it was a nice interaction to see you with him. And it's not like you're, you're not condescending to him or you're not like, you don't seem like you're parenting him. It was, it was very sweet. I liked it a lot. Hmm. Well, I did get the advantage of, I remember like, I, I never did try to parent my brothers. Cause I, you know, God knows I wouldn't know what I'm doing, but I do remember when I was in first in grad school. And so I was 22 starting this new phase of my life. Carl was in his senior year of high school, getting ready to, get out of the nest. My mom was actually starting to, um, I guess, evolve from being, quote unquote, just a stay at home mom and get back out into the world. My dad, of course, was totally like removed from all of us all the time. And I was a little worried that Matt was going to get lost in the shuffle, this 12 year old. And so I made a really specific point of just taking him with me when I was running errands or something. I remember one day I said to him, so tell me about this Pokemon thing. And then I got an hour and 45 minute (laughs) lecture on the ins and outs of Pokemon. Uh But one time he said to me, you know why I like spending time with you, Anne? And I said, why? And he said, because when I'm with you, we get to talk about the things that I like to talk about. We don't have to talk about school or homework or piano or anything. And I was like, oh my it's God. working. <laughs> I'm doing a good thing. <laughs> I did it. And I also got to see Matt discuss video games with Gregory in the backseat of. Oh uh, my Chris. God. They, they're wow. soulmates. They really I, Meredith, I don't know how he married you when Matt was in the world. I don't know either. <laughs> I mean, they were they were waxing. I was like, I have literally no idea what they're talking about. Again, I always say this: like, I'm like, God, they're talking so much about video games. Meanwhile, I guarantee you, I was playing Candy you were playing Crush. Candy so Crush. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you could have a real housewives discussion at a level yes. that neither one of them could touch. Exactly. Exactly. Um, well, yeah. So I think that you know. It's it's a complicated way of affecting your child, but but then going forward, how does it affect your peer relationships? I guess like uh, you know now, how how does it affect you now? And I worry so much about being bossy, and I can't tell. Again, is this my natural personality that I'm a bossy bitch? Or is it because it was expected of me as the oldest to the, be the one who kind of drove the things that were going on? Like, it's my natural right as the oldest to be the leader or whatever. And 
down to like I hate picking the restaurant or picking a movie or any of that stuff but you know I remember when we were younger Carl once said to me and why do you always pick the movie and I was like I don't know because I always pay for it and I'm the one that drives to it <laughs> like but I, as an adult I'm like oh god I don't want to be that I don't want to feel like I'm imposing my will on the group especially because I am strong-willed and I <laughs> No, and sometimes I don't understand you people who are making all these emotional choices. Am I right, Marta? <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I feel intensely uncomfortable when I feel like people are pushing me to be in charge of directing activities. Let me put it that way. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, Bobby. So it's interesting. Um, I don't want to sound like a monster when I say this, <laughs> oh, no. but I might. Um, I think I compartmentalize things really well. And when it comes to peer relationships, um, I'm sort of analytical when I think about people and their emotions. Some of that's probably all that time I spent thinking about my own growing up, but also, um, People do things because of family that are crazy to me, even though I've done crazy things because of my mother and for my mother. But when it comes to siblings, like, uh, you know, when Sam was younger, she gave her brother a car, like a used car, like a hand-me-down car, because she got a better car. Uh, and he, like, totaled it, like, two weeks later. Oh. And I would be so pissed. <laughs> And she was for a time, but like she has all these stories with her brothers and yet she loves them unconditionally. And there's a small part of me that just struggles to understand that. Like I don't have empathy for that because I just can't wrap my brain around being that close to someone my age. There is a shared reality for siblings that nobody else can have with you because nobody else had your parents and nobody else mm -hmm. grew up in the atmosphere that you grew up in. So they can understand some of the things in a way that nobody else can, yeah. no matter how close you are to people. So it's like a relationship shorthand that's just not possible right. with other relationships. And then... You know, some of that probably plays into my being an ENTJ field marshal. I'm looking at our run, you know. <laughs> we, we kept our Briggs-Myers uh, titles on our run sheet, so I always see them here now. And I'm like, I'm sure that helps shape the fact that when I'm in a group project, I'm usually the one trying to run things. When I'm with my friends, it's like, oh, where should we go to eat? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm the person who's just usually, let's just do it. Let's just go here. Let's get this over with. Because uh, I'm not used to having to broker peace or relationships with other people. So, like, I've become a really good mediator through the years for other reasons, probably because of my mother and because of work things and things like that. But when it comes to just, like, directing a group, I don't have a lot of patience for people figuring shit out because I've just, I don't, <laughs> never, never had to work through things with people. I never had to share. <laughs> so, like, I didn't have a lot, but what I had, I didn't have to share. Yeah. And so I've just always kind of just been a little matter of fact and the people who like me like that about me and i assume there are people who don't like me because of that same trait so well, yeah fuck i don't know exactly 
<laughs> you guys stuck around. <laughs> I know. I think it works. It works uh, pretty well to have somebody who is, um, I'll call it assertive, Bobby, and I, I do mean it in the nicest way, when <laughs> I feel scared that people will pressure me to be the one who makes decisions, to have somebody else there who's comfortable with it is yeah. really comforting to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agree. Uh we are a bit of a heist team, this show. We are. Like, we, we all have our very specific <laughs> set of skills that make this thing work. <laughs> um, it's very true. Um, yeah. Okay, Meredith. Um, I think, so I'm still very conflict averse. I still really hate um, problems and will do almost anything in my power to avoid them. Um, uh, Alla? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I still kind of try to manage my sister and shepherd her around. Um, she definitely takes after me in a lot of ways. Like it's, it's kind of funny because funny, sad, uh, she got divorced like a year after I got divorced. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, you're copying me. Stop copying me. That used to be my refrain. It was like, you're such a, just get your own thing for once in your life. Get your own trauma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, turns out her husband was an awful man too. So she had to, (laughs) so there's still, we still have a pretty close relationship, but I, I feel like she's, she's a lot more like, She's kind of grown up and and is a lot more like me now. Brushes nails on shoulder, um, because she is not the the spoiled princess that she used to be. Um, but I definitely have some of that. Like I'll just shrink into the background and do what everybody else wants to do. It's totally fine if I have a very strong opinion. I will say it, but it's pretty rare. Like I'm very go with the flow. I'm pretty even keeled. Um, you know, the last time I got very, very upset was when I failed to trap one of the cats that had all those kittens outside. And and my reaction was to literally stomp my foot on the ground. <laughs> and I don't remember being a, like and, and so that I was very, very upset. And I'm never so I find it so much easier to forgive other people. I can't forgive myself for almost anything ever. Um, and I'm never more mad than when I am the one who messes something up. Um, so there's a lot of like internalizing everything onto me. Like, so I have this overly big sense of responsibility that is, I don't know where that came from, but I think that's kind of a middle child thing or the, the trait of a, a child who parented their younger sibling. Yeah. Yeah. Or it could be an INTJ thing. <laughs> or it could be an INTJ thing. <laughs> You're speaking my language, lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it's kind of a newer realization about myself is that like I'm never more mad than when I'm mad at myself. And I would always rather be the one to mess something up because Yes. Yes. I don't want to be I won't be mad at anybody else, but I can be mad at myself. Yes. Yeah, I would say I've seen you be irritated and I've seen you be frustrated. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I've ever experienced Meredith rage. I don't know if it exists. I mean, stomping my foot on the ground, does that count as rage? <laughs> I don't know that I would go that yeah. far. <laughs> you keep practicing, honey. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Christy. Um, well, so... It's interesting because my sister and I 
kind of get along, but like we're not really friends. She's kind of mean and she's not really friendly um, to me. I just think she doesn't like me, which whatever. Um, and jealous. I mean, jealous. I don't know. Yeah. Like she's always comparing herself to me, like, but in a bad uh-huh. way, like, she's always like, oh, I make more money than you or like stuff like that. Like, oh, well, good thing, you know, good thing your college did something i mean she's like full-on told me like no you don't have any skills so you won't get a job like full-on stuff like that go on fuck off (laughs) oh this this sounds so much like she's attempting to make herself totally i mean i've done a lot of therapy and she's done zero so like that is something that maybe she needs to look into um but i feel good luck with that (laughs) i feel like in my relationships with like chosen family, I'm a nurturer. I give advice. I was always like the designated driver, um, always taking care of people. Um, so I would say that that's it. I do have the like thing about not wanting to make decisions because I don't want to disappoint people. So yeah, um, that yeah. like if it's like oh, there's like five of us and we're going to a restaurant that. like. If I pick one, then everyone's going to say, oh, well, Kristen picked this place and it sucked. And like, she's terrible at this. So I have that. But at the same. T- <laughs> yeah. So about that last Tishi book club. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. that's like- You know, what's so funny is that I have that fear, too. But I've never in my life ever thought that about anybody else who has. Yeah, ever totally. No, like totally. ever. No, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And um, I kind of like my job at work has fallen into and and it's why I got promoted into the job that I have is because I was like so nurturing of all the developers and like everyone would come to me and they trusted me and so they're like well we just need to utilize that and pay her for that so mm-hmm. um so I like doing that but the making decisions like I'll always come up with a complex survey to send to people rather than <laughs> make <laughs> That yeah. I mean, I've done it for us. <laughs> we have experience with that. Yes, you have. Yes, because you I have. want everyone to be happy. I love it. But not everyone's going to be happy no matter what. Yeah. So I just need to figure that out. No. Well, that's the hardest right. realization mm-hmm. of it all, isn't it? I know. Ugh. Um, okay, quickly with me. I um, Similarly to Christy, I, I don't like making decisions. The thing that I've realized what being the baby has affected me the most and is that for so long I thought of myself as being too young to like do things. Ooh, and I don't, interesting. I don't, I don't mean like, I don't think of myself as I know I'm not young, but it was like, Oh, I'm the youngest. Like I'm not ready to buy a car by mm-hmm. myself or whatever, like buy a house, just all of these sort of decisions of adulthood. I was like, I'm too young to do that. That's not for me. I can't, I can't do that. And it was probably once I turned 40 where I was like, okay, by the time your parents, you were your age, they <laughs> had like kids in college. Like you're old enough to make decisions and like, well, be you a had full kids adult. in a house and a husband at that point. Like you were, I, an, I did, a, 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 but I, in my brain, I was just sort of like, no, I can't, I can't do that. I'm a kid. I can't. I'm too young to do that. It's a that. little bit of a wait. How did this happen? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. No, don't, <laughs> totally. And, and for sure. But I mean, I feel like I've mostly gotten over that. But the thing that I have sort of realized is, is the really like, I, I've always 
put the responsibility on me to like make people happy in my life. Like I always just want to make everybody happy. I want them to be happy with me, which is like a psychotic thing that's never going to actually happen mm-hmm. all across the board. Sometimes people just aren't going to like you. And I have realized that as I've gotten older, but that's a hard thing for me to realize. But I was always the entertainment. I, you know, my parents would trot me out to like do a little <laughs> skit or like show off. Some skill the skill. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and I like want to make people happy. I want to make people laugh. And sometimes you can't do that. And that's like a tough lesson to learn. Some people just don't want to fucking hear it. How um, other people feel about you. is none mm-hmm. of your business as everybody mm-hmm. likes to say. True. True. Um, so yeah, no, I mean just that's, that's the basis of it. And, when I saw a therapist one time and I was talking about how I was stressed out about certain people's relationships and me getting very, like I, this is so dorky, but the other day I was complaining to Dave about something and he was like, you know, I think that I, when I first met you, I really thought you were like this strong person and really like, I mean, you are, but you're also just really, you're really empathetic and you take on Mm -hmm. people's feelings a lot. So if people are upset, like Mm -hmm. you sort of take it on for them. And, um, that's something that like in my family, I do it a lot. I take on people's stress about things and, like make it my own I'm not necessarily doing anything I'm just stressing out like for them and so helpful um, yeah it's super helpful it's really and I remember the therapist was just like if they're fighting or if they're like having an interaction and they're trying to get you involved in it like you just walk away like there's just walk away Mm -hmm. and that was like the best lesson that anybody has ever told me like I have no business in this I'm just walking away from the situation and I don't want to hear about it like I can be (laughs) ignorant I don't need to hear about it if I'm not involved I don't need to be involved in it and I don't need to mediate the situation because just because you think I'm like clear-headed or level-headed or something it actually does more damage to me a lot of times than it does good yeah absolutely yeah, I think one of those big therapy realizations that maybe everybody comes to is that other people's emotions are not our responsibility. Yeah. Yes. That's a really hard, yes. but a very valuable lesson. Yep. It is. It is. And I, you know, I, I don't know if this is, uh, this, uh, welcome to psychiatry talk, but um, I don't know if this is. <laughs> With very qualified le- people, yeah. <laughs> totally. I read this somewhere, and I don't know if this is true, but like, something that said your first like traumatic or consequential experience kind of stops you in evolving like mentally a little bit, like not mentally, but you know, emotionally. And I thought that, um, with, you know, my, my roommate in college, which she's lovely now, but we had a very, like I've talked about before, we had a very codependent relationship. And I think for a long time it stopped me from like under, like, so all I would do is try to take care of the situation and it stopped me really from evolving and realizing like, like you said, other people's emotions are not, I'm not responsible for them. They can have whatever emotion they want and they don't yeah. need to tell me about it. Right. I don't want to yeah. hear about it. This is the revelation I made after being in a bad relationship for like three years in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that I couldn't just always be the hero and fix everything in, yeah. in my significant other's life. Yeah. 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 Wow. You got to that after college? Mm-hmm. Dang, Bobby. <laughs> <I know. laughs> wow. Well, this is dur- during college. But actually, I, after I mean, that, I'm so impressed. <laughs> After that relationship and, and I stepped back and decided I wasn't going to date damsels in distress anymore, it wasn't, it was only a couple years later when I met Sam and it was like, oh, wow, look, an actual um, friendly, thoughtful, smart woman 
who has a goal in life and a plan to get there and has her shit together. I was so excited. <laughs> that was very sexy. Yay! Exactly. Why do you think I never let her go? <laughs> Followed her from another state to make sure that I didn't fuck it up. Anyway, yes. So I had to learn that lesson, you know, beyond uh, in a different setting. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it happens. Yep. All right. All right, now we're exiting, I guess, psychology talk. Now we're talking into today's parenting. Um, Have today's parenting practices changed in this regard? Like, do we treat siblings in different order differently? I guess, like, should I just go? I mean, since I I feel like depending on you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will say kind of is my answer because um, I like – the, like you were talking about, I think, and you were saying, you know, when your parents have their first child, when a parent has its first child, they're just like trying to figure out, you know, what the fuck is going on? What are we doing? Because I have no idea what I'm doing. It's all new to me. Um, so I definitely did that with Bridget and pushed her to do a lot of things probably a little bit too early and set up a lot of expectations for her a little bit too early that either she was just wasn't capable of, or she just wasn't ready for. Um, and then with Rory, we're a little bit like, we'll just see whatever. (laughs) Um, one, it's because it didn't work with Bridget and two, because I'm fucking tired (laughs) and I don't have the energy to put the energy into it. But like the perfect example of it is potty training. So with, um, with Bridget, I was pregnant with Rory. She was like two and two, years and like eight months or something and I was pregnant I so I had this whole plan I said I want her to be potty trained I want to move her out of the crib and I think she also like changed schools like all these change for a two and a half year old it's a lot of change and she was like a very sweet kid but she has always had opinions and she's always been pretty strong-willed um so she moved into the bed because I didn't want to have two cribs. I was like, we're not having two cribs. Like, I'm not that parent. We're not having two cribs. We're going to move her into a bed. She moved into the bed. Fine. That was not a big deal. Um, she moved to the different school. Fine. Though with some hiccups, but it was mostly okay. Then the potty training. She just like didn't want to do it. She didn't want to do it. She would pee sometimes, but she would poop her pants regularly. <laughs> and it was like, and I would get mad, like too mad too upset about it just too pissed about it like you're ruining my plan this was my plan I'm sick I don't I'm pregnant I don't want to change your diaper anymore like I'm done with this and she, obviously she eventually got it probably right like at last three. week <laughs> yeah, yeah just last week and then, so she's finally <laughs> on her way to camp, for sleep away <laughs> yeah, camp. Exactly. Yeah. exactly um with Rory I just was like he can literally tell us that he's ready to be potty trained because I'm not interested mm-hmm. in potty training really. And right like the weekend before his third birthday, and we'd always heard like boys are so much harder than girls, and you know this. Is, and I was like, God, Jesus Christ! You know, Bridget was a pain in the ass. Like, what is Rory going to be like? And about yeah, the weekend before his third birthday, he just like he could hold it all night. And we just like took away the diaper, and it really like he never had an accident again. Like he was just like. Wow. I'm done. I'm ready. And, you know, and it was the same with reading. You know, I really pushed her. I wanted her to read. I wanted her to read. I wanted to read. And then she kind of, and I was like, I can't believe you're not reading yet. I'm, you know, I know you know this, like pushing her, pushing her. And then he just read. And it wasn't any earlier necessarily than her, but we didn't put 
the pressure on her. And yeah. I, I'm trying to, because it doesn't work when I put pressure on her. It just doesn't work. She'll always kind of rebuff me, which is really <laughs> fucking frustrating. She'll just kind of be like, I'm not doing it if you're pushing me. But once she, once she decides she wants to do something, she'll get it done. Um, so I'm trying to, I'm still working through it, trying to, you know, find the ways to work within her system to get her to, to have the best outcome so who <laughs> fucking knows i don't know i don't know what i'm doing and then Maury's just like watching i mean bridget like we let her watch tv but we were definitely not as generous with the um electronics i guarantee you at this moment rory is playing switch and watching youtube <laughs> at the same time so you know <laughs> where did he learn Living the screen life. from <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm as you're talking about this, I'm recalling um, my so Henry, my older nephew, who's now four. But when he was just starting to learn to talk, just like the very beginnings of vocabulary and so forth, I think what my sister-in-law told me was that she had him at the pediatrician and the pediatrician just on some, you know, weird offhanded way said oh his vocabulary seems pretty small for his age he should know like 60 words by now oh, and that oh, sent her into oh, a spiral of anxiety to the point where i remember they came to see me and she was keeping like a document on her phone <laughs> where she recorded all the words he said every time he said something new because she was so mm -hmm. worried mm -hmm. that he wasn't meeting milestones and so I, I think that, you know, by the time you get to the second kid, you understand more about how this works and what's happening and that your child is not defective right. no. if they don't mm -hmm. meet every milestone at the optimal time. Oh my God. I mean, Bridget didn't walk until she was 15 months and I was like, <laughs> come on, walk, why won't you walk? And with Rory, I was like pushing him down. Like I didn't want to walk. I'm like, don't walk. I don't want right. my mobility. That's not a good right. partner when they can walk. I don't want you to do. Um, the funniest thing though about having kids, and I've said this before, but the, is that so obviously I'm the youngest. Rory is the youngest. So I and I have said like you're my baby, and he says I'm not a baby, and I said but you're my baby. But um, watching. Bridget and Dave interact with each other because Dave is the oldest and Bridget is the oh. oldest and they have a very sweet relationship, but sometimes contentious <laughs> relationship, I would say, where they both think that they're right mm. all the time. And I'm like, first of all, neither, ne uh, in most cases, first of all, <laughs> neither of you are right in this. Like, I want to tell you both of you are wrong. But um, but they like won't let it go. And, I, and with Dave, I'm like, you're the grown up. Like you need to just like cool it down like I mean he's not like screaming at her but I can tell he's getting frustrated and I'm like it's just y'all are two oldest kids that are butting heads because you think that you're the most right and you're being condescending and she's being a bitch <laughs> and it's just like the way that it is oh it's a mind fuck but I don't know I mean I think the good thing is is that um we're a little bit more cognizant of it than I think maybe my parents were. I don't mm. think my parents were like super aware of like how they were treating us. I mean, they all, you know, I know they love us all, but they, it was, it was different for each of us. And I think it was that seventies and the eighties, yeah, man, whatever, mm -hmm. let it ride. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, Christy, obviously mm -hmm. Elliot is an only, although there are some an only and a youngest kind of, siblings. but now a middle. 
So yeah. it's very, yeah. very complicated. It's confusing. Yeah. Welcome to my world. But I get the impression that you and Jeremy are very deliberate parents. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, puberty is a whole new thing. That is a whole... Oh, dear. And um, I'm definitely no, having you. the butting the heads like you were talking about. And I'm, I'm like, I yes. can prove to you. Look at... I mean, we just had a fight last night because <laughs> there was a yearbook signing party. And Elliot's like, it's at, it's at 830. Or, or I said... We have to wake up early and we're not going to like force you and we're not going to come in a million times. Like if you want to go to this yearbook party, you have to wake up yourself. And they're like, oh, okay. well, why do I have to wake up early? It's at 830 at night. Okay, well, there's not going to be any school things at 830 at night. Like, I mean, let's just. (laughs) It was like 830 to 930. All the school K through eight. I'm like, you're going to have kindergartners. No. okay, And. (laughs) <laughs> and um, they were insisting. Nope, nope. There are signs at school that say 8:30 p.m. Who would know better? Who would know better? And I'm like, okay, well, here is the newsletter that your teacher sent out yesterday. Well, that was yesterday, and the time changed, and it was a back and forth. And I'm like, I, I'm done. Uh, honestly, I just said, Jeremy, let's <laughs> let's let it do. We'll take them at 8:30. that's what i think should happen like all of these things we should let it fail but he also was like i don't want him to be disappointed and like fine (laughs) yeah lord so yeah i don't know if that answers your question (laughs) what you said but (laughs) (laughs) oh it's it's yeah, yeah it's it's a mind fuck um. All right. Moving on. Finally, we have to cap this with. We're not <laughs> checking in with me. Yeah, my parents. Oh, or me. Yeah, Bobby. Tell me about. Par- I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, we know <laughs> about parenting today. I cut fill a lot more slack than I used to cut cupcakes. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, I I take I don't like being called a cat dad. Mm-hmm. So I I'll take all that back. Um, no, I I just um, I think that I think that in some ways I am. I'm reacting to the way I was raised. And so whenever I'm in a mentoring situation, I try to be both mature and thoughtful, but also just like really doting. Like I, I, I'm a good boss and I think it's because I'm trying to fill mm. what I wish I'd had. Yeah. <laughs> growing up. Yeah. So I just, I'll, I'll leave that there. That's probably a whole different episode is like workplace dynamics and boss stuff. But like, yes. yeah, just in general, like, I always try to make sure that people have the support they need to succeed because mm-hmm. I don't feel like I always had it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there you go. Yep. All right. Well, and, Meredith. Well, yeah. Take all these do you kids wanna, yeah, I have. Yeah. I have a- <laughs> Let's introduce some actual science into yes. this process. Um, I should say first that I texted my sister, my little sister, that we were doing this, and she said, um, I think being the youngest is advantageous. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I bet, I bet you would. <laughs> um, she, Matt, and I can get on the pod and, and talk about youngest child yes. foibles. Yes. <laughs> so I don't have a lot of perspective on today's parenting practices. That's not my wheelhouse. Um, but I did do some research. So I'm calling this Meredith's Pop Psychology slash Science Corner. Um, Catchy. Yeah, very. Um, <laughs> it's because my PSC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Meredith's catchy corner. Got it. My brain was fried from having to read psychology research, which I don't consider to be real research. So it really made me kind of angry that I volunteered myself to do this. Um, 
so but what I found out and so that also kind of colors a lot of my opinion about this show um so i'll give you a little bit of history um there's a guy named alfred alder who was born in vienna in 1870 and he was kind of a contemporary of sigmund freud um they were practicing uh psychologists around the same time although alder did not fully get on board with freud's stuff which side note did i ever tell you guys that sophie freud his granddaughter was a family friend (laughs) You had a lot of no. famous she died, like, friends a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I saw something. Yeah, she just died. She used to be, so, because my, my dad's partner, Milt, was a, an English professor and a linguistics professor, and so they were colleagues and friends, and she used to come visit and do talks at the university where I went and where Milt taught, and for some reason, I don't know why this woman, this, like, famous, probably rich woman didn't stay in a hotel, but they would kick me out of my bedroom, and she stayed in my Weird. room every time she visited town. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. Um, anyway, uh, so this Alder guy um, developed this theory that your rank within your family impacted your experiences and thus your personality. And he came up with five traits mm. that differ supposedly by birth order. So that's extroversion, agreeableness, openness, conscientiousness, and neuroticism. <laughs> um, and I should note that he believed these traits were affected by more than just like more of the social interactions that resulted from the order of your birth rather than the mm-hmm. order itself. He didn't think sure. the order itself had sure. to do with anything. So um, this theory has been tested many, many, many different ways and many, many times over the last like century with very mixed results. So I was actually really surprised to, to find this out that this does not hold water. This theory doesn't mm-hmm. have anything to do with anything. Um, so there are studies that agree with him, but they are poorly designed. Um, so they're either way too small or they don't control for factors like age. So, you know, maybe an older sibling appears to be more conscientious, but it's like they're just mm-hmm. older, you know? It's not right. because They've they're the oldest. Yeah. That just, yeah. You get more conscientious ability as you get older. More. Yeah. Um, or the studies didn't take into account family size. So, like, you know, he was himself was from a family of seven children and was one of the younger children middle younger children and was was like he had physical problems and so he was jealous of his older siblings who were more physically capable than him and i think that's where a lot of maybe his opinions about middle children came from is mm. he was projecting how he felt oh dear mm-hmm. so the also, a lot of always good when the researchers <laughs> own biases yes. come into play yeah well it always happens no matter what but i feel like we're a little bit better about it now maybe hopefully yeah um, so, like, family size matters. So, if you're in a family with two children, you know, there's a much higher probability of being the mm-hmm. oldest <laughs> than if you're <laughs> one of seven. Um, or there was one study I read where they interviewed one of the oh. kids from the family and had them assign traits to every person in the family. Oh, God. Which, oh, no. If you have siblings or know people with siblings, you know that's a terrible idea. Fuck him, mm-hmm. fuck him, fuck her. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, so I read a lot of boring. Um, is is Christy's right. sister the person yes. who's right. How do they choose being interviewed? Who decides? I don't know. So the design flaws. Um, and it's it's very hard to do a good study about this, but I did find one um, uh, that that was a it was a large kind of review of the research to date and then it's queried um three really large databases from the united states great britain and germany uh, for a total of um like a little over two twenty thousand people 
Um, mm-hmm. And so with that big of a sample size, you can detect really small effects. And that can be a problem. But um, when you don't find an effect, that is notable in that big of a sample because it's pretty clear that there isn't anything going on. And they pretty much debunked this whole five traits thing. Um, And this, I should note, this journal was published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Science, which is proudly abbreviated PNAS, which is (laughs) penis. I can't read it any other way. (laughs) Sorry. Um, And so... The interesting thing, which I did not know before this, it confirmed one real effect from birth order that seems to actually be true in this huge database and has been confirmed by many different studies, which is IQ. Okay, like caveat, IQ is very flawed, but IQ declined by one-tenth of one standard deviation with every birth order position you go down. So the old, I know, (laughs) I know. I thought I should give older siblings something to I'm hold smart. over the heads of their younger, dumber, dumber siblings' heads. So, good job, older people. You're one tenth of one standard deviation smarter. On a test that doesn't matter, youngest sibling. On a test that doesn't matter and is very flawed, and nobody cares. Yeah. About. I'll take it. Yep. So, it it does kind of remind me though. Dave's uh, speaking of Catholic. Dave's mom is the oldest oh, of God. nine kids. Um, Speaking of craziness, his mom was born at, uh, sorry, Betsy, she'll never listen to this. His mom was born in 1949. Her youngest sibling was born in 1961. Extrapolate that. (laughs) There were seven kids born between 49 and 61. Anyway, but it is funny to see them, a fair amount of them. I think there are three that have passed, but um, they have their, it, it like started over, like the birth order kind of like, you can mm-hmm. see like a line, like a delineation just because there's so many kids. And yeah. at some point, like the one that's in the middle kind of becomes the oldest because they're taking care of like the younger, younger kids. And mm-hmm. Betsy was off getting married and having kids and stuff. So yeah, yeah. so like group A and group B. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they My kind best of like are rivals. Up, they were a Catholic family of six and that definitely there was two groups. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I'm not glad about birth control, man. This is... uh, (laughs) Seriously, jeez Louise. Ours, my family definitely um, is... I think it goes on, like, gender lines, basically. I mean, the girls are just closer to each other. But that's just Mm because we, yeah, we just, like... Yeah, there's got to be some gender influences, and I, but yeah. I think it has more to do with family dynamics than yeah. than anything, and it's not necessarily yeah. birth order. And I, you know, I I just the research seems to back that up, but I wonder how much we force ourselves into these roles just because that's what our birth order tells us we're supposed to believe, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit like personality tests or horoscopes or palm readings is that they're general enough and um, of wide enough scope that you can find Mm -hmm. something that applies to you however you choose. Yeah. Yeah. Are you telling me I'm not an exemplary Capricorn? (laughs) (laughs) No, you are. That being said, I did uh, take the firstborn personality scale test that you posted for us Meredith Mm -hmm. which I found to be uh interesting and I did score 71 out of 100 
the average firstborn scores 53.49, <laughs> and I there scored 71. Guess what I got, Anne? What? 71. Yes. 71? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And I'm not the first born. I know. So that actually was a study just to say a, a teeny bit about that, that uh, the research on that show, although that's a fairly small study, I would have to say, um, but that there was a small effect on uh, firstborns, but that subsequent children, there were basically no particular difference. Maybe that's because so we're so dumb. <laughs> well, I, I, I think this goes to my point that there was the practice child and then yes. there yeah. were the other ch- children. Yep. Oh, goodness. Well, we'll see. We'll see how we'll, I'll, I'll we'll check back in 20 years with Bridget and Rory and see where they stand. Yeah. They can come <laughs> on the podcast. Interesting. <laughs> Well, clearly we have a lot to say about this. It brings up some feelings. Um, and, you know, so the question of the week <laughs> in internet parlance, tell us your birth order without telling us your birth order. So let us, I guess, <laughs> let, let us guess. guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, what is the trait about you yeah. that would make us go, oh, yeah, they're youngest child. Yeah. yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. what we want. Yeah, hear. I think if you post, yeah. maybe like be open to people guessing below mm-hmm. in the comment. Yeah, yeah, that would be yeah. fun. Um. All right. Finally, moving on to Tishi recommends. Okay, this is like a half serious, um, half joking recommendation. Though I did, I got a little stone last night and watched this, <laughs> which means it's all you? serious. Come on. <laughs> um. I well, I had heard a podcast talking about the documentary and i'm using quotes that you can't see right now documentary halftime about j-lo <laughs> it's on netflix <laughs> um, oh hagiography you mean uh, i heard about this somewhere. yes yes i mean listen i'm an easy sell um and when i'm watching something especially if i'm a little bit stoned i'm like is she our greatest entertainer um no i mean clearly no but i i was telling somebody today I was like no matter if you like her music if you don't like her music if you like her acting don't like her acting whatever she works her ass off and I gotta respect that and mm-hmm. I she has I, this is not something to aspire to necessarily but she has such a bang and bod that it is just like a marvel to watch I'm sure she's had surgeries but watching her practice the pole for hustlers I'm like holy shit she like, was great she in is, that movie Yes, and she is like an athlete, and she's just, I don't know. It was it was propaganda. It was J-Lo propaganda that I thoroughly <laughs> ate up with a spoon. I was like, and even Dave, when he got into bed, was kind of like, yeah, she is working really hard, and well, she's really busting ass. And I, you know, she's talking in it about how she's not a po- political person, but then, you know, she really, like, Trump pissed her off, and, you know, she wanted to show the kids and kind of like, metaphorical cages during the halftime show and that Aww. was kind of an interesting side anyway i it was popcorn it was fluff it's like watching the taylor swift documentary you know it's fully like um made by them it's not like it's some um, <laughs> objective party the most hilarious part is that 
clearly they cut a she probably saw a cut of it and she was like get a rod out of this like, <laughs> i want him nowhere in this because they are together during most of it like they're I know the timeline. Like, I know the timeline. They are together during this, and he is not to be seen. And they intersperse a clip of Ben Affleck from a while ago saying yeah. something about her. So I'm sure that was directed. Good but job. that being said, I really enjoyed it. She's a good dancer, and she works really hard, and I liked it. Her daughter is very cute. Like, and she's not cute, like, in a – she's not cute in, like, a, you know, kid actor cute. Like, she just is, like, kind of a – fun little kid her son's not in it that much but anyway i enjoyed it i recommend it if you tend to like j-lo i liked it all right that's our <laughs> one recommendation for this week <laughs> <laughs> i feel like uh hilly and christy banked mm-hmm. a few last week yeah. yes we did that's yeah, true that's yes, very true check back on that one <laughs> on that note you can find the show at this show has everything Dot com. You can find the question, or in this place, uh, in this case, command of the week, in the Facebook group. The show has everything on Facebook. You can find the show Twitter, which I occasionally update, at Tishi Show. You can email us at Tishi Show at gmail.com, or you can send us a voice memo, which we always love to air. You can fax me your birth order. <laughs> mm, why not at 617-354-8513 and with that that was everything about the order at which we became children <laughs> I just used the phrase birth order I was trying to come up with another the order one way to describe it, and give it. The, uh, yes now you can play the Spice Girls <laughs> yeah I'll tell you what I want Oh, no, it'll be so you'll be there. (laughs) If we're doing Spice Girls, it'll be so you'll be there. It's a good song. I love that song. It's a good video, too. (laughs) It is. They're in the desert. Yes. They're all, like, super spies. I forgot about that. There's me over here, sweaty spice. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, what spice are you? I thought there was a
baby. You've got to love me. 